Hello everyone and welcome to Off The Block Swimming Podcast Season Number 4. Thank you all very much for downloading our show today wherever you are right now in this crazy world. I am your host, Robbie Cox. Now before we get into today's very special guest, I just wanted to let all our loyal listeners out there know that we have started our own line of merchandise for the podcast, now on sale right now. The original tees are out there. It's the OTB Crew line. Uh, we have many, many other clothing items coming your way, including hoodies, singlets, even socks. But for right now, we have the OTB Crew original tee available for purchase on our website. So please make sure you click on the link tree in our bio. Follow that link to our website to purchase yours today as well as being an awesome t-shirt which it definitely is it's equally as important because it's another way to support the podcast that you guys are loving each and every week we deliver all over the world so yes even our listeners in the usa or the uk can get their hands on some merch so what are you waiting for Jump on our Insta page right now, follow the link tree to our website and purchase an OTB Crew original tea today to become a part of the crew. But that's it. It's enough selling for one show. It's time to crack on with the show. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second inning. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go. Joining me today on the show from across the ditch is one of New Zealand swimmers, rising stars of the pool. She is a national open medalist, a multiple time New Zealand age group medalist, and definitely a talent to watch in the coming years. I'm very glad we've managed to get her on the podcast for a chat. It's a big welcome to Off the Block Swim podcast to Phoebe Harris. Phoebe, how are you going? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. We're both in a very similar boat at the moment with sort of lockdowns and stuff like that. How have you been going over there? Yeah, it's all right. Lockdown's always not a great time for everyone, especially our lockdown got announced on our first day of nationals in New Zealand. Mm. So it wasn't a fun time and we had 48 hours to decide where we were, where we were going to go as well. So, um, yeah, not a fun time, but... At least the country's coming more alive now. So, um, yeah, but it's all good. We'll get through. So, Yeah, hopefully some lights at the end of the tunnel for you guys and, and us here again in Sydney. And I, I do know about that sort of um, the meat being cut, shut down. I think it was on day one because I was talking to Kokora Frost and he was – that was literally a day before he was going to race there and he was excited. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm just excited to go race. And then, uh, yeah, I think it was at the end of day one, wasn't it, or midway through day one it was, yeah, shut down and that's it. Yeah, it was hot. I think it was, so we, luckily I swam in the morning, so I had 200 breaths in the morning, and it was a pretty good, it was like, it wasn't a PB, but it was an all good heat swim, so I was happy for the final, and then I remember sleeping in the break, and then I'm um, getting told, like, oh yeah, um, you know, there's going to be a government announcement soon, and I was like, you're kidding me, <laughs> and then we got told, and we were literally watching the big screen at Nationals, and it was like, watching the news, and then just was like, okay guys, level four. And then we're like, oh, no. So we were to leave the pool. And then, obviously, we all 
parted and went ways and was still bloody here. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely. Um... It's a deflator, that's for sure, especially, as you said, you guys were getting all excited for it. It sort of lets the, the air out of the balloon a bit. What's training been like for you during lockdown? What have you been able to do, if anything? So so um, in New Zealand we have, like, levels. We have like, level one, level two, level three, level four. So um, we all went into lockdown level four, so that's literally everything shut down. I think you can, you can go to a supermarket, go to a dairy or see a uh, – I think you can – see a healthcare person i'm not too sure mm. but um so basically what, what happened was yeah so level four we were in there well Tauranga was in there for two weeks um auckland's only just they're still in it they're getting out tomorrow for aucklanders um so basically yeah so we got it out of two weeks we were in level three for a week still no training but you can get takeaways so i rushed straight to burger fuel my gym coach is going to kill me for saying that um <laughs> Rushed straight to Burger Fuel, got takeaway. Um, took some Snapchat, sent it to like the Aucklanders, make them jealous. Quite <laughs> cheeky of me. Um, and then yeah, and then level two came, which I think was last last week maybe. And then we can train level two. So obviously I was dealing with a Achilles injury from running in lockdown. Mm. So I got into training very slow. I was going to train up here with a squad, but we just decided it'd be better for me just to be nice and easy in my body because I did. I wasn't meant to be doing tumble turns or anything. So um, I'm, I'm back to normal now. Physio's cleared me and said I'm all good now. Um, but training's literally just been me. Oh, I'm swimming every second day, maybe every day. But it's so hard to get motivation when you're alone. Like it's just, it's so hard, but at least the pool's outdoors, so I can get tan, and it's, it's a nice environment to be in. So, <laughs> well, mate, those are the most important things: is getting that tan. Um, you mentioned they're training alone, and it, it's not easy for for sure. Um, do you have any aspirations of of joining a squad at some point in the future, and and you know, get into a team environment? Obviously, you're taking it easy at the moment. You said you got a bit of an injury. You're in sort of lockdown anyway, so I guess there's no great rush in it. But are you looking forward to to getting to be a part of a squad? Oh, God, yeah, it'd be so good. Well, I'm actually usually based in Auckland. I'm just very fortunate my sister's here, and she usually appreciates the help when I come down to Tauranga. So um, when Auckland is back to squad training, then I will go back up to Auckland, which will be really, really nice. And, like, especially my team environment, it's so good. Like, we have such good banter and chat there. So it's going to be very exciting to be back. And my coach messaged me yesterday. He's, like, missing you all. Like, <laughs> Even the coach is getting a bit upset, you know, missing all the squads. So um, big things in store, though, when we get back to training. We had a big shift um, going to short course, and we were all, like, we had, like, stand-up swims, and all of us are rolling PBs, like, doing awesome. So I'm very excited for what the next block. Hopefully it's, um, you know, not interrupted by bloody COVID, but mm. just what we've got to deal with now. So I'm very yeah, excited a- to be training with squad. What a pain in the ass COVID is. And uh, you mentioned there your coach getting excited and, you know, that resonates with me because I'm a swimming coach as well. And, you know, we're 13 weeks into lockdown here in Sydney. So, you know, we although we see each other on Zoom four times a week, it's not quite the same as, as being on pool deck and having that banter, as you said. So mm-hmm. definitely looking forward to that. Um, but, you know, COVID, and I don't want to harp on it, but it, it has sort of, um, you know, created a lot of sort of difficult situations and and one that I, I wanted to ask you about is I know just through my research that you were you were picked up to go to Florida University College and over there and, and scholarship over there to swim that didn't eventuate talk to me about that so um basically 
um, I went through like down the American path. My me and my parents thought it'd be a good idea to go to America. Um, so I was actually very lucky on a recruiting trip. So I went to Michigan and had a look around the uni. It was a bit too cold at that uni, so I didn't go there. But um, it was awesome. You know, I kind of went in the recruiting stage, talked to coaches, and I didn't go through an agency. So I did it all myself because agencies can be very expensive. And I kind of want people to know that you don't need to go through an agency as long as you do your research. The coach that you're talking to will probably help you out with the process. So I did it all on my own and had to sit my SAT test and all that and decided that um, Florida International University was good for me. Um, it's in Miami, nice and warm, um, really, really nice environment there. And it's an all-female team. So I thought it'd be cool training with females because very, all the, you know, the clubs have been at a very male domino, mm-hmm. which is not bad, but it's nice having girls around. Um, so yeah, all signed up, ready to go. And I was about to go for my visa and then COVID literally hit. And I think Florida was the, like the hotspot for COVID at the time. So we were summing it up and it was going to cost about five grand every time for me to come home because you got to quarantine New Zealand at $3,000. So five grand to come home. And obviously I'd be a college athlete. And back then, NCAA wouldn't allow you to do like promotions on social media because you were classed as an amateur and professional if you're posting and stuff. Mm. Class, yeah professional so I couldn't earn money even through social media and it was a lot of pressure to perform in the pool to just try to get home you know to get like you know the, the college would reward you if you've got a PB or something so I guess we just decided it wouldn't be a good idea for me it was horrible though I remember um just crying about it because I actually talked to my coach about it and then I told mum and dad confirmed it and I remember going in the same day to training and telling my coach I didn't cry though it was really good I put on a brave face and just said look I'm going to be here for a long time now I'm not going there but but he was stoked my coach Mitch he's awesome and he was very excited for me and said we can really you know train hard and I was loving training at the time at Pookie so I was really stoked about it so it was all good um but the the squad that I trained was just awesome. I keep going on about it, but I was my old club. I was at HVK Swimming Club, and it was a cool club. But everyone was kind of leaving, went to America, um, Australia. People were moving, and the squad was quite small. Mm. So I went to Pookie, which is like the best decision ever because I just fell in love with sport again, and it it just means that even though I didn't go to America and it's a missed opportunity. I'm actually happy I stayed because I just love where I am and I feel like I'm improving as a swimmer and I can, you know, stay at home. I've got a lovely dog called Harry and I don't really want to leave the dog. So <laughs> it's actually positive to staying in New Zealand. Obviously, America's amazing, but, you know, one day I could make potential national teams and stuff and then you get the opportunity to travel, you know, under yeah. New Zealand. So that's that was kind of my goal that I put in place that that's a promise to myself. If I don't go to America, I've got to make these teams. And then I'm able to travel around, you know, so I won't miss out on the traveling. But yeah, yeah. No, it's a good story to tell. And I think, you know, life's all about those sort of sliding door moments, isn't it? Where, you know, the door opens or the door closes and you've you got traveling down a path and then it changes. And it's not always for, you know, for a negative, you know, you could turn this very much into a positive, which, as you said, you have, and you're very much excited for the mm-hmm. future, which I'm excited to, to chat to you about. Um, through this podcast season three of the isl mate is going on at the moment over in italy is that something that piques your interest in the future as well are you interested obviously at short course racing as well um are, are you happy to one day try and be a part of that 
Yeah, no, that looks, ISO looks awesome, especially energy standard. Their training um, environment and the facility that they're using is just awesome. Um, it's, yeah, it's amazing watching ISO. I think it's a, such a good thing for swimming as well because we're not really a well-recognised sport in the world, especially in New Zealand. We're all about, like, rugby and stuff here. Mm. I feel like it's really brought, like, the fun out in swimming. And I think it's so good that even... You know, swimmers get more opportunities to earn money because it's not a very hard paid job unless you like Michael Phelps. Mm. So it's really, really good. I think ISO is awesome and how fun meeting all people from different countries. Um, short course racing is actually not too bad, especially at Pookie. I've improved a lot on my skills. So I wouldn't be afraid of getting in with short course. Um, it's a shame because I don't know where I'm really at with short course at the moment because of nationals being cancelled. But yeah, 100% that would be a goal. And I know. Similar people that I train with, that's also a goal for them as well. So it's it's good being with um, like-minded people, and we all interested in the same thing and share similar morals and values too. Yeah, it's funny. You know, we spoke about obviously the college system over in America, and uh, you know, in just talking to a lot of the ISL stars, which I have been fortunate to on the podcast. You know, they they speak about that sort of uh, environment over there in the ISL at the moment, and that it is very much a team orientated mm-hmm. um, you know environment and they're enjoying each other's company away from the pool as much as they are when they're racing as well and they're enjoying that does that sort of excite you to be amongst it as well being in a really you know team rich environment mm, no definitely I think being a uh, part of a team is awesome and that's one of the things I like about America swimming is such an individualized sport it's very much about yourself but it's always so exciting doing relays and having a good relay team so I think the whole environment with just being like in a team, being with a team is just so cool. And I think, again, I was going to go to America, so I was going to be all amongst that. So, again, even though I missed out on America, there's a new opportunity there to make teams like ISL, which then you have that awesome team environment. And it's not too long, you know, like you're not living over and swimming for four years in the ISL. You go, you you know, you get to go home and stuff. So yeah. ISL would be, would be awesome and, you know, definitely a goal of mine, yes. Well, I know in 2022 as well, mate, uh, Australia are going to start our own um, ASL, so the Australian Swim League. Um, and I, I don't know the ins and outs of it just yet, but I really do hope we open the borders to you Kiwi swimmers as well mm-hmm. to come over and be a part of it because I think it would be really important. Obviously, it would help you guys get that exposure and that race practice as well. But I think it would also just add another dynamic um, to, to you know our own league. So if anybody's listening out there, that's just my two cents worth. I think we should be opening the, opening the doors, <laughs> opening the borders. I'm sure you guys wouldn't... Uh, you know, turn away from a couple of weeks on the Gold Coast um, competing. That's for sure. I mean, you already mentioned the tan. So there's, <laughs> if there's anywhere to go, it's going to be the Gold Coast. Oh, that would be brilliant. I think especially I really, I think Australian swimmers are on a different level. Like watching your guys' Olympic trial, just insane. Like you guys are such an awesome high standard of swimming. And I think it's, it's so good, especially for Kiwis to get out there because we're so small here. We do have some amazing top swimmers here. But to really get amongst the Australian environment is just so good because your yeah your guys standards everything are just insane. So God yeah and Gold Coast 
say less, but I'm going right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, talking myself into it. I'm just going to go <laughs> up and cover it as a journalist. Um, oh, wow. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And as you said, I'm not trying to encourage, you know, New Zealand swimmers to get out of New Zealand because I think what you guys are doing is building a great base there. And I think we're going to see some really, you know, exciting things in the future. But I think it's just going to, you know, do so well for, for New Zealand swimming to be able to come to Australia as often as you can compete mm. in that you know as i said australian swim league environment i think it, it can only be uh good and, and positive now mate one thing i like to do with all the guests on the show no matter you know how, how far they've gone if they've just started or if they're legends of the sport have retired i like to go back and get to the beginning where did it start what's your earliest memories of swimming and what drew you towards the pool god i think when i was younger i was like drowning in the pool or something i think i was like four and i we were at, um, we lived in Hawke's Bay for a bit in New Zealand. And I remember I like fell in the water, started drowning. And mum was like to my brother, go get her, go get her. And he was like, no, I got my phone in my jeans. So my <laughs> sister had to jump in after me. Bloody brother. But um, that was my memory. And I think then I, I kind of got into um, lessons, especially in New Zealand. We're an island, so you need to know swimming. So I guess I started doing lessons and then, um, then decided to just do it twice a week. And then I've, I was doing that for quite a long time. So I've been swimming for ages, but I only got into competitive swimming when I was 12. I was just so scared of doing it. Um, so I lived in Wellington at the time and swam with Tyler Swim Club for a bit. And um, a coach called Cliff, he saw potential. He was like, look, you should do competitive swimming. Like, you actually will probably enjoy it. And I was always so scared. I don't, I don't know why I'm scared. Um, and I remember our older swimmer gifted me, like, I gave me some of her old knee skins, and I was like, all right, I'm going to get into this now. So I had the cool togs and, you know, got in, and I actually really loved it. And um, since then, I've just been doing it hate. So I did struggle a lot, though, because I was at Tyler Swimming Club, and then I moved up to Auckland and trained with HBK. Mm. And that was insane. Like, their training, because at Tyler, it was quite chill, the training environment, but I went to HBK, and I was thrown with, like, 21's breaststroke on like 145 long course and I was like oh my gosh I remember just being there like like I was so close to quitting that was that was horrible that time but I got through it and you know ever since then just loved the sport so I've been swimming for a, a very long time but competitively I started when I was 12 and then just been doing it but when you do it you get addicted to swimming and it's just a part of my life now I'm just used to doing it so um yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean, did you play any other sports growing up? You mentioned before, obviously, swimming isn't high on the priority list over in New Zealand. You've got rugby, <laughs> you've got obviously netball as well, and then you can go to rugby mm -hmm. league. I mean, there's, there's lots of different sports. Um, swimming isn't super high on it, but I think you guys are doing a good job, especially with the, you know, the just the previous Olympic team in Tokyo did such a oh. tremendous job with, you know, Louis Clairbert and obviously Erica Fairweather. Um, mm -hmm. Did you play any other sports growing up? Um, I did, I, well, in my family, we're, we're a bit of a running family. So mum and dad, they always like run, like, I think they run like 5k. I think it got up to like 16k in lockdown because they were so bored. Um, so I come from a running family. So I did a little bit of running. I wasn't a bad little runner when I was younger, but obviously my body's so conditioned now to swimming. If I try run, then I just injure myself. But I mm. did netball, well, I did netball. Oh, I made like a cheerleading team when I was an intermediate to go to Ains games, but I didn't end up performing because um, I was swimming. So I, I, I did everything. I was a little sports person. Um, never won a sports person award though. I did. I literally did all the 
um, sports at intermediate and didn't get picked, I was so upset. But we'll be on that now. But <laughs> yeah, I did lots of sports. I remember when I was 13 and obviously went to HBK um, and moved to eight sessions a week. My coach at the time was like, okay, look, swimming is your priority. That's your sport. And then I kind of did some surf. Oh, I did surf ice sailing for a bit of time. And that was so much fun. But I encourage everyone who's, I'd say around like 12 years old to like 15 to get amongst surf ice sailing because it's so fun and swimming in the ocean and competing. It's such a good time. Mm. Um, but then that got quit because it was coming in contact with my swimming. Um, and I did open water for a bit and then just decided, no, look, I'm going to focus on pool swimming. And it, it worked out. Like, it all worked out really well um, how I did it. But, I, you know, I think it's really good to do other things as well. Um, I was quite lucky. I wasn't, you know, I'm not at a top, like, you know, amazing standard now. But when I was younger, I wasn't, you know, at the top of the top. So I didn't have a lot, lot of pressure on me. So it really helped me. And my parents have always been very chill and, relaxed of swimming and stuff so it was just it's really good that I could enjoy other things to do other sports and not swimming be too serious now I'm older it's all good like swimming serious but um no I'm really happy with how everything that happened you know with other sports and stuff would you you know just giving advice to the younger swimmers listening and I'm not by any means saying that you're old so you know don't take (laughs) offense to it but you know would you say that that is a you know a key to to long sort of jevity in in terms of swimming is making sure you do have other hobbies other things outside of swimming no doubt when we're at the pool you know giving 110 percent and you're working hard but do you think it's important to have interests might not even be another sport, might be something to do with, you know, anything outside hobbies. No, definitely. I think if you take it too seriously when you're young, you're just going to burn out and you're not going to enjoy it. You've got to love the sport to be able to do it, you know, for a long time. And I think that's why I'm still in the sport now because I just love doing it. And just don't be too serious and just have fun, especially when you're younger because you've got school to handle with as well. And I'm not big on saying school's amazing, but I guess, you know, do try do well in your academics and you know because then it sets you up for future life because we can't swim forever mm. so I, you know that's that's the thing so definitely enjoy yourself in the sport and you know make friends have fun and if you don't know, pb when you're younger who cares like you you know have fun you know and make sure you take everything out of every single race so if you you know if you didn't pb you think okay what can i change the next time and then that's a really good way to reflect on it i reckon but yeah, yeah. Definitely be chill with swimming, enjoy it, love it, and get amongst other sports as well. And then when you're ready to switch it on, talk to your coach and say, look, I want to do swimming now. This is my sport. Then that's when you switch it on. But just, you know, enjoy it, have fun. Don't put pressure on yourself. And, yeah, that's definitely the way to go for swimming, I reckon. Yeah, I think what you just said there is is probably the key um, in terms of, you know, when you're ready to switch it on, go speak to your coach. I think quite often, you know, I'm a swimming coach myself, so I'm not, you know, I, I've been guilty of this myself. You know, I've been mm-hmm. the coach standing there saying, all right, listen, it might be time to crack down on uh, swimming now <laughs> and make sure we get rid of all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, that's more me pushing my, you know, opinions and thoughts onto the swimmer versus I think, you know, I really like what you just said, which is, you know, you as a swimmer taking stock and, and owning that, you know, decision to say, okay, you know, I'm about 15, 16 now. I, I really want to get more stuck into swimming. I think we're going to see a much more positive result that way versus <laughs> the coach or the parents saying, all right, mm. I think we need to give away netball now, <laughs> get stuck into swimming. Yeah. When maybe deep down you really still enjoy netball. 
Yeah, no, no, you definitely have to go at your own pace and you you got to listen to yourself and what you want to do. It's all fine and well, a coach saying, okay, you're going to do eight sessions, all that, but it, it comes down to you. you got to make sure that you're ready and ready to do it. So, yeah. And did you have any swimming heroes growing up or even now that you look up to, anyone in the pool that, um, you know, you draw inspiration from? So when I was younger, I obviously did a lot of open water. Open water was like my little thing that I did. And um, Charlotte Webby, she was an awesome swimmer, New Zealand swimmer. Um, I really did look up to her. I just loved how she'd literally go in the ocean and kick all the boys' butts as well. Like some men would beat her, but she'd always be on par with boys. And it was all, she, yeah, she was definitely a, a little legend for me when I was growing up. Just always looked up to her. But there's been so many swimmers. I guess, um, obviously, I admire Lily King and, like, Yuli Efanova. They're just awesome in the pool. Um, but I reckon that I do look up to my parents a lot, to my, you know, to my mum, to my siblings and all that. But I, you know, the main hero was probably Charlotte Lewis. She was awesome. Um, but I guess, yeah, it's probably either her or parents, yeah, my family and stuff. Um, but obviously now I'm, you know, always on social media looking at swimmers and stuff. And just, I obviously I'm a breaststroker. So I really do look up to like Lily Kane. It's so cool at Olympics. Like, um, this, well, this year, especially I, I cannot pronounce her name, the, the 200 breaststroker, um, who won gold. Do you From know South how Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Tatiana yeah. Schoemaker. Tati- yeah. So she's, oh my gosh, 218. I remember seeing that on the board and I was like, no way like even to break the 220 barrier for breaststroke is insane and that was just ridiculous and it was so cool you know you expecting lily king to come on top lily king to win all the races but it was so mixed up even her training partner the seven how old was she 17 or something uh, uh lydia jacoby yeah from, from yeah. alaska the the young yeah. american girl yeah she's 17 um and, no. and what a phenomenal second 50 in that oh 100 like i don't think people were expecting her to be no. in the race at the end no no definitely not and i she lost poor girl lost her goal was in the the medal i oh, was at the mixed relay it was that i think yeah. it was but yeah. she still went a 104 god if i lost my goal with one 104 god i'd be stoked i'd be so happy with that <laughs> Yeah, they were in a mouth, weren't they? It was kind of like a throwback to the old like um, school carnival days when you didn't quite tie your goggles up right or whatever it was. It was it was interesting because you just don't see that at that level. Mm. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. There's there's a phenomenal amount of um, you know breaststroke talent in the world right now. Um, even on the men's side, you're looking at someone like an Adam Peavy oh my gosh, yeah. or from Australia, you know, um, Zach Stubblity Cook in the 200 breaststroke mm. and what an amazing um, race he had. Um, mate, when you're training and you're in a super hard session, and this question always interests me because I think everyone's motivated in different ways, which is what I love about coaching because there's so many, you know, different buttons to push for you guys as athletes. You know, what, what keeps you motivated and working hard when it's a really, really tough set? Are, are you sort of just going one effort at a time? Are you eyeing off people next to you? Obviously, when you're in a, a team environment, are you training, you know, working hard with people next to you? Or is it a matter of you're really focused on your goals still and, and you're sort of keeping that more in your mind? What, you know, what motivates you getting through a tough set to keep pushing the limits? Because no doubt... At the back end of a really tough set, as swimmers, you guys are either getting out almost vomiting or, or passing out. So that's not normal. Mm. Let's just put that out there. That's not normal for people to get yourselves into that situation. So there's got to be the mm. motivation factor. What's pushing you to that level? 
So I'm very much like in the moment so much. So if I see a set and it's like six months through, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to think of this one at a time. So I need to take each set as it comes. Um, and also, especially because we have training blocks for big mates. So like for short course, I think we had about a 12-week training block for short course. So it's quite motivating because every session you do, you're thinking about short course, especially yeah. when the meet's getting closer. That's just always in the back of your head. So I usually think about the meet that we're training for. That really helps me um, live in the moment. So I'm not focusing on what I'm going to be doing on the fifth set. I'm thinking about what I'm doing now. And that really helps me. Even thinking about technique, like trying to ignore the pain and really thinking about technique. But sometimes like you have such hard sets, you're just trying to survive. <laughs> I remember there was I remember there was one because um, I, I had a bit of a struggle sending it on like the first 50. So like I usually take a little bit of time to build into my stroke. So um, I wasn't a save up Sally. I wouldn't save up. But, you know, I'd always have maybe like a last and fast one. And I remember my coach being like, no, Phoebe, you're not doing this. I remember, well, now when I train, I send it on the first one. And gosh, those like last couple 50s, I'm going from like a 34 to like a 38 for breaststroke. And it's so painful. You just see some of the boys when they train as well. Like we, they really send it and like, those time drop-offs i think i've seen like a 57 to like a 108 in the freestyle mm. like the big big drop-offs um but again what i do think in the moment 100 percent um what else was it think in the moment and you know the end goal and stuff and also enjoy it and focus on technique as well so but you know you can't fight the pain and sometimes embrace the pain like sometimes being in pain is all good and when you finish you feel so good for it Especially when you can get out, have dinner, have food, you know, it really motivates me. Especially so. <laughs> too, yeah, as you said, like if you can finish the set and you can finish it well in pain, mm. you, you can gain a lot of confidence moving forward with that knowing, okay, well, I was smashed at that point and I still hit this mm. time, which is really close to my PB. So if I can do that mm. at the back end of that, you can take a lot of confidence uh, away from it. Mate, talk to obviously your breaststroker for anyone, you know, who, who's listening, who, who might not know you. Talk to me about a race plan for say your 100 breaststroke what, what do you and your coach mitch talk about in terms of race plan has that shifted over the years mm, well i think you can see at olympics we'll look at you know your guys the aussie summer zach how he went out and he, he well he didn't negative split but i think he was out um his times he wasn't out because you had Kamiya. was it yeah um he went out oh 59 maybe and came back i can't remember what time he came back but it was more like a, not like a neg negative split, but there's so many ways to swim breaststroke now, mm. which is crazy. And I would be interested in looking at a way to swim breaststroke like that. I feel like I would really thrive off being a little bit behind at the start and really pushing to get through. Um, but usually my going out is just easy length going out for the first 50. So have speed, controlled speed and easy length. And then coming back in the second 50, really pick up that um, tempo. I've been really trying to get... Um, well, my tempo up to about 50 at training because I'm, I'm quite a low or well, low stroke rate swimmer. So, yeah, so we use the tempo timer that like clicks. So I know it was yeah. like beeps in your ear to try to yeah. get you going. So, um, yeah, so what I do is, yeah, easy speed going out and then obviously gun it back. But it all depends on how you feel on the day as well. Um, but obviously I'm still, you know, I've only just started understanding sport a whole lot better and I think we're still to find my like perfect, perfect race plan. But you know when you're on, when you dive in and you just feel so 
fresh and good you're like yeah i'm on you know mm. but usually it's it's usually always for me you know nice easy strong speed going out and then really pick up the rating but not too high that you're not catching because you can really just lose feel of the water and just like fighting the water and not going use the water as your friend to help propel you forward you know don't fight it because so many people fight the water yeah. when they swim and don't move you know yeah, you don't want to sort of spin your wheels. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned sort of Zach Stubblity Cook, and I've had him on the podcast a few times. And I guess he is the, you know, uh, shining example of trusting a process and, mm. and trusting, you know, your race plan. Because <laughs> there's no doubt if you if you go back and watch, you know, I think even some of the Aussies, you know, fans watching at, you know, halfway, like, oh, is he going to, is he going to pick him up here? Has he let him get away too far? <laughs> but obviously, yeah, yeah. and in talking to Zach, you know, he was supremely confident and he's like, no, I felt good. And, you know, I felt like everything oh, wow. was under control. But, uh, you know, from a outsider's perspective, we're watching going, hang on a second, don't let him, you know, because Kaminga, we know how fast he is. You know, he was pushing Adam Peaty um, to a point, mm. obviously, in, in the 100 breaststroke. So we know how quick he he is, but um, yeah, stick into a race plan, kids. Go back and, and watch that if you mm. wanted the two hundred breaststroke, mate. For you, in terms of we just mentioned, you know, some meets there. What what are some of the biggest meets been for you so far? Maybe national champs, you know, something like that. And, and why was it such a big week for you? Do you think? So obviously, my very memorable meet was Opens twenty nineteen. Um, and that was kind of, so that year, 2019, I did my last open water competition. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to focus on my swimming heavily now. And I, I was vegetarian before and I took on like a more plant-based diet just for health, just to like play around and see how it was. Um, and then that was a really good meet. So my national age group before, I think I got like four fourth places, but I wasn't too bothered because I like trusted the process and was like, Nana, I'm going to perform at this next meet. So I was real chill about it. I think when you get older, you know, Olympic medals are insane, but especially in New Zealand at national meets, I feel like you're more after the time opposed to just getting like a medal. Um, so I wasn't too bothered on that. And then we went into New Zealand Open and it was crazy. But like I, I remember doing a heat swim and I, I think I went in like ninth place into the Open heat and came out first and I was like 17 and I was like, no way. Like I've never made an Open final, but I made it a bloody A final in lane four. And I, I remember, like, um, not even when I swimmed down, I was just so excited and I couldn't even sleep in the break. And mum's like, okay, you know, do some heavy, you know, some deep breathing and meditation. And I, my brain was just so alert. So um, that was such, that was such a good meet that opens. It was kind of like my breakthrough meet, which was like, yeah, I want to go to America or I want to keep swimming. And I, I just had a really good year. So New Zealand opens was amazing. Um, and also New Zealand secondary schools. That's like a school national for us, but you compete yep. under your school. And I got um, three goals in the 50, 100, and 200 in my age group, or for the senior age group. So that was a really nice way to go out on the sport. That was my best, like, yeah, so far my best year of swimming. Um, obviously, 2020, we didn't really race. I had quite a rough 2020. Um, and 2021, obviously, a little bit, not a very good opens i was dealing with some stuff but then it's you know we were on the part of racing well and then bloody covid but it's it's life you know and we're all dealing with it. but i think the world's showing you can open up and look at isl going now they've got spectators there you know mm. so the world's opening up now which is great i'm very excited for it 
Yeah, no, there's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel, mate. Now, you mentioned those are sort of your bigger meets that you look back on. You're like, oh, that was a big moment for me. What less did you list? Uh, sorry, did you learn any lessons out of those meets? Did you take anything away? Obviously, confidence, but what, you know, what gave you the confidence? Did you take anything away from it in terms of lessons? Mm, I think I really mastered my pre race prep, like how I would prepare before a race. So I've, I've tried everything I've tried. The headphones and don't talk to people. The talking, they're not even thinking about it. But I feel like um, I really took away that I'm quite a, I need to be quite calm for a race to be relaxed. Otherwise, my heart rate just elevates too much. I'm just like, you know, panicking. So it really taught me with race prep to be really good. And that you can like surprise yourself. Like when I did the final and ended up getting a medal I was like so stoked because I went from national age group not even getting a medal in the 200 breast to meddling in the open age group was crazy and I think you can really surprise yourself which was so good and I was very calm throughout the meet so obviously we have one long course pool in the millennium so you can't warm up there so mm-hmm. I was warming up in the other pool because my 200 breast was near the back end of the meet um, when they had the session so I was literally going off time to when my race was so if they were ahead of schedule I could have missed my race so I remember getting like 10 minutes before my race perfect timing but I was just very calm throughout the whole process again trusted the process listened to my coach and was just very calm that whole meet so I guess the meet taught me to be calm and to trust the process and you know have confidence but it was a massive confidence booster and you know I, I still look back to that meet and it's so cool and I will create more moments like that but that's my one that I kind of hold on to which was like that was so cool. Oh, I had a, a cool one as well when I was 15 at Opens and I did the 200 iron final. And I think I like went into the final at like fifth place or something. And then I came out first, like pulling it ahead in the freestyle lap. And I wasn't even a freestyler. And they're like videoing it. And it was like the young 15-year-old or something. And <laughs> that was a really cool moment. I remember going to school and like showing my teachers like, oh, this was me yesterday. <laughs> it was such, such a cool moment. And mom and dad, biggest supporters ever like I love them to bits and they are just so proud of me and they were so happy for me you should you should see them in the stands just going crazy so um no it's yeah it's so good but those meets are the ones that like keep you going but you can't always have meets like that you've got to have obviously the bad meets as well Mm. just because if you're always winning you're not going to learn you learn more from a race that you lose than you win because you know you you learn such a much bigger lesson of that yeah, mate, great takeaway. Write that down for everyone listening. You learn more from the races you lose. I agree <laughs> with that yeah. 100%. Uh, mate, I'm, I know we're very time uh, poor at the moment because you, you've got to get out soon. So I'll, I'll, I want to get to some other questions. What do you get up to away from the pool? Oh, um, I like taking photos. Photos are cool. Um, like going to the beach, um, shopping. I'm there if I was shopping always 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 shopping um <laughs> cooking cooking's cool but i guess hanging out with friends is you know always good fun and um yeah and being with my dog i absolutely love my dog so that's very nice being with him what sort of a dog have you got um oh god he's weird he's a chinese crested powder puff okay. so he's like a dog that's the really ugly dogs that have no fur but he's got fur he's quite cute like he's yeah, he's, he's my love, Harry. I love him very much. <laughs> uh, mate, you know, another question for the young listeners out there and, you know, whether it's life, whether it's school, whether it's work, whether it's uni, whatever it might be, how do you find balancing swimming 
with with life how, how do you find that balance and have you been out of balance at some point in your career that you had to mm. sort of assess and go hang on a second no this isn't working for me we need to get back to a little bit more structure mm, I think swimming's a hard one especially when you're in school it's really chill because you're at school so you can swim but especially when you get older you kind of go think okay what am I going to do with my life now like am I going to swim especially when you're not at a level where you're going to be getting paid heaps of money, you know? So um, I've always had a good balance. I'm fortunate enough to do stuff on social media that helps me fund my swimming. So I'm very fortunate to be in that position. Um, but I think with, with balance, I've always been, you know, pretty good and always a good communicator of my coach. Like my coach would know if we're too stressed or if we're doing a little bit too much, then, you know, he's going to pull back on the sessions and even, um, Oh, I think I was working a bit. Um, I work at a jewelry shop sometimes. And I remember I was working so much and it was so hard training. So I think you just got to really keep a balance. But swimming is like my priority and that's like what I focus on. And then if I do other stuff, it goes around swimming. So swimming set in stone when mm -hmm. I'm doing it. But I guess um, I've always not, I've actually always had a really good balance and always balance it with school. My school was very relaxed with with swimming stuff very supportive school so um sometimes to, to advantage which is not good um don't do that but um no always no always had a good balance actually always very in tune with myself and what i need and stuff so 100 percent, mate great answer and yeah for, for all the younger listeners out there balance is the key i think if you have it way too much mm. one way uh you know it might work for a little bit but it's not going to work in the long run so definitely finding that healthy balance is important now mate uh i don't know how many of my podcasts you've listened to but if you have you would know that i like to finish with a little bit less serious questions because i think you know these questions give us a, a little bit of an insight into what phoebe's like away from the pool so i'll throw you know the question out there and you you know throw the first answer that comes into your mind so the first one is what's your favorite music to listen to DMB. <laughs> that's that's the same thing. Every New Zealander, I'm, I keep waiting for somebody to give me a, another answer, but it's not happening. So obviously, it's it's big over best there. Best music in the world. Best music in the world. It's yeah, oh, awesome. We say in the world, but I think New Zealand is the only people that ever keep telling me DMB. But anyway, and I keep telling um, Zach Reed and Lewis and and that that I'm going to get around it. And I always, I never have the time to get around. I, I will. I'll. I'll one long drive, I'll put a bit of DMB on. You need to, you need yeah. to. I tr I'll try. I'll try and get a bit of DMB <laughs> into my life. Uh, what about favourite movies? What are some of your favourite movies to watch? Oh, um, I like Into the Blue with Jessica Alba. Um, that's cool. Well, near the end of the movie, though, someone gets like their leg eaten by a shark. That's not very nice. But, yeah, I like um, that movie. And I got really – oh, it's a series. Though. It's called um, uh, Money Heist or something on Netflix. Okay, I yeah. really was watching that. It's really good. It's, um, yeah, it's very addictive. I was up until like 3 a.m., I think, a week ago watching it. And I was like, no, I'm not going to bed. I'm watching this. So very good. Yeah, it's a good series. That same thing happened to me with Clickbait. I don't know if you've seen Clickbait yet on Netflix. No, I haven't. No. That's the exact same thing. I started it. I think it was like a <laughs> Wednesday night. And I'm like, oh, yeah, a few people have told me to watch it. So I'll start. And then um, after, you know, episode one, I was like, oh, I want to know what happens next. And then next minute I'm down the rabbit hole and it's 4am and I, I got to see how it finished. So I was quite happy, but, uh, you know, at 8am the next morning when my daughter's slapping me in the face and I didn't have that much sleep, uh, it probably, you know, wasn't a great um, idea in hindsight. Um, favorite meal. What's your favorite meal? 
God, I love sushi. I get a lot of crap for it, though. I obviously come vegan. I eat just avocado and sushi. And um, there's a boy. Uh, there's a boy who sends me. He's like, "That's not sushi." He always mocks me for it. But <laughs> avocado sushi is like heaven. I love it so much. Like lockdown, I went there. I think I had sushi every day. I'm a bit sick of it now, sadly. But yes, yeah, sushi or burger fuel. Burger fuel is very nice. But I'm banned from eating it. Apparently, not oh. meant to be eating it. No, you can't go past a good burger. That's what I say. And um, what about favourite countries? Have you been out of New Zealand? Have you seen any other countries? Obviously, we, I think we talked about earlier, you went to the US for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm actually originally from England. I was moved here when I was two, two years old, though. Um, oh, I think Singapore is quite cool. I remember stopping over there for, like, an England trip with mum. Um, I love New Zealand, but Aussie, like, I love Aussie. I've been to New South Wales hates and, like, Sydney, competing in Sydney and stuff, and that's always good fun. So I think Australia is probably my favourite country. I need to go somewhere tropical soon. Um, But for now, I reckon, yeah, Australia is definitely top of my list, I reckon. Oh, nice, mate. All right, well, next time you're in Sydney, I'll make sure I come on pool deck and and say hello. (laughs) Um, What about favourite quotes? Are you someone who um, has quotes that you sort of live by? Do your coaches give you quotes? Yeah, um, not uh, not so much swing related, but I think it's like um, uh, I think it's like love the life you live, live the life you love. So it's it's quite cheesy, but it's kind of all about loving the life that you live and like living the life you love. It's just doing what you love, basically following your dreams, and that's definitely a quote that I do really, I do really like. There's quite a oh, there's another one that's like um. Being lazy is disrespectful to those who believe in you. So, like, think about that when you wake up in the morning and you're like, I don't want to go training. Then you think big picture, all your supporters behind you and stuff, and that will really help motivate you. That's a really cool quote that I've seen as well. Yeah, I've never heard that one, but I really like it. Mm. Um, it, it definitely, I mean, I don't ever get me out of bed because I'm very, if I want to be lazy, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard to get me out of bed, but, but I do like it. Uh, mate, I see the tattoo there on your arm. Is there a story behind that? Where did that come from? I've got quite a few, actually. I've got uh, one there as well. Um, this one, mum and dad, oh, no, my sister and my mum both have this. This is a red admiral butterfly, so it's native to England and New Zealand, which are like my two homes. Nice. So I got that there. And it's quite a, you know, quite a small, delicate tattoo. Um, I've got quite a few. I got the tattoo bug. I got this one when I was 17. And then I just got addicted and then got them all. I got a matching tattoo with an X. That's one that I, you know, probably not the best idea. But, I was going to um, say, how do you look back on that one? <laughs> it's on my foot, so it's all right. But that was... Right. um. Just put yeah, the socks it, on. That's okay. <laughs> high socks. But, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. Knee-high socks. That, that'll, 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 make, that'll make it work. Uh, mate, I, I like to always finish my chats with this question. When we redo this interview two, three years' time, let's say three years' time because it'll be 2024 and, you know, I don't know if you realise, but if there's going to be something pretty big Jesus. in 2024. It'll be Paris Olympics. Mm. What accomplishments would you like me to add into the intro? So, obviously, I always like to pump the guest tyres up, do a bit of an intro, let people know the accolades. What would you like me to be adding to that intro in three years' time when we talk again? Oh, well, it's exciting in thinking about it. I'd love to get a title as an Aqua Black. I think to have the Aqua Black number would just be awesome to represent the country. Um, I think Olympics, God, that would be insane. Um, but I think, yeah, for me to become an Aqua Black and also to make ISIL, that would be awesome. Um, Olympics, of course, 
is 100% a goal as well for breaststroke. That's definitely, you know, three years, so much can happen in three years. So I guess it's, it's, it's very exciting and I still will be swimming because I love it very much. Mm. So, um, yeah, but that would be, yeah that on my resume in three years that's sweet with me <laughs> <laughs> well mate yeah definitely you know you could still be swimming i was talking to um alia atkinson last night who i don't know if you know 50 meter breaststroke world record holder she just went to her fifth olympics representing jamaica which is wow. you know a career spanning 21 years which is just phenomenal um so you know she's definitely proving you know what is what you're capable of if, if you really still enjoy it you have a passion and you enjoy it um, as I said, you know, fifth Olympics, which is absolutely crazy and you're mm. nowhere near that sort of, uh, time frame yet. So you still have many, mm. many years ahead of you. Um, perfect chance to wrap it up now so you can get off and go help uh, pick <laughs> up your nephews and nieces. Thank you very much for coming on the show uh, and having a chat with me today. Firstly, I apologize as well, cause I was talking way too much on the podcast before yours <laughs> and we actually ran over time. So I apologize for uh, keeping you waiting, but mate, thank you very much. I love talking to, to New Zealand swimmers coming on the podcast because i do think you know you guys are building to to you know bigger and better things each and every year and I, i'm excited to see where that goes into the future i know i spoke about you know paris but even 2032 is olympics here in brisbane and you know i can see that yeah. new zealand swim team really building to a really strong team by that stage and really putting themselves on the map mm. no doubt i think you'll be a part of that mate i have a really good strike record with the people i choose to have on my podcast <laughs> as guests so i'm looking forward to to seeing what you've got in store for us in the future and until then and we i'm sure we'll chat again phoebe thank you very much for coming on the podcast thank you i hope you listen to some dmv as well <laughs> hey i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to because i can't you keep lying to, to people because let's be honest that's what i do i say oh yeah no oh i'll listen to it and then the listeners go oh yeah sounds genuine and uh, let's be honest i don't do it so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have you to. need to yeah, you need I'll, to. Do I'll do it. I'll send you. I'll send you one of the songs I listen to, and you're probably like, "Not that one. That one shit." <laughs> <That's> that one. <laughs> yeah. All right, oh, mate. Well. Have a good day, eh? Thank you. See you later. Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our good friends at Pro Swim Workouts. Thank you all once again for downloading the show today. Your continued support is always appreciate it and don't forget to check out our other weekly podcast the otb crew podcast where i'm joined each week by lani pallister lachlan carter and josh edward smith we talk a whole lot of swimming the crew give their own unique insider perspective on what's going on in the world of swimming as well as special guest olympians joining the show for some fun we also talk music movies other sports and genuinely just have a good laugh if you're looking for a fresh swimming podcast with a bit of mainstream twist to it, this is definitely the one for you. Join us every Thursday on Spotify and Apple Podcast for all the fun. <laughs>